Do you like to see the menu? Welcome to the first episode from Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout. Richard and I will provide you with the fast food flavour reviewing the Women's Super League games of the day or the weekend. And we'll rate the games in terms of spice. I'm saying lemon and herb, medium hot and jerk spice. Rich, or is it Richard? How are you, sir? Are you good? I'm great, thanks. Yeah, I think I've just about got over um, Sunday's disappointment at, um, against uh, Liverpool. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We... <laughs> you doing all right then? Yeah, I'm doing all right, you know, considering uh, the, the, the women, they won a game. Uh, obviously, in, it looks like really intense fog. Um, the men, not so good, but generally I'm doing okay. So, you know, in terms of our little first, uh, our first outing in terms of a conversation about the Women's Super League, um, every game this weekend was is deemed as a, as a big game. You know, there was Arsenal-Chelsea and obviously down at the bottom of the league, there was Bristol versus Liverpool. And, and I, I, I believe we should really start there because that was a six-pointer. Yeah, it was a, um, yeah, it was a six-pointer six relegation um, game, wasn't it? I mean, I was pretty confident going into the game. I mean, especially, well, especially from Saturday night, really, um, when we signed those um, three new players. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was really confident. And then, of course, it, um, I mean, two of them, they were all on the bench. Yeah. Two of them come on, and um, Megan Wynn and Faye Bryson, they came on, and then the uh, South Korean girl, she uh, she's obviously was a little bit jet-lagged, so, um, but that, yeah, we just never got going in the first half, I mean, they got the, uh, they got the goal, um, Ebony Salmon looked good, as she always does, um, second half, we played a bit better, but we um, again, we just—it uh, was all the mid. There's, there's no midfield at the, at the at the club. I mean, we were just um, we just looked so incohesive, as I've always said. And um, we, well, we missed. And then, uh, and of course, there was the penalty miss that um, like Charlie Wellens. That was it. Charlie yeah. Wellens missed the penalty. So um, that um, that was a bit of a disaster. And yeah, it was. It to be fair. I mean, pull, not pulling any punches. It was really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of really mixes up the whole uh, Women's Super League now. I mean, Liverpool get away from that position where they were bottom of the league and, and it looked like things were def definitely doomed for them. And uh, obviously, the missed penalty, you know, in terms of a spice rating, that's not even on lemon and herb. It was, it was, it was really, really poor because you, you really want your player to step up and, and slam the ball home. But you know, maybe the, the pressure of, of the moment and, and the game, the, the, you know, the player themselves knew what this game meant and it just was a little bit too much for them. Yeah, I think I'd probably rate it um, sort of plain flavoured to be <laughs> We don't have a... Forgot to put the spice sort of salt and pepper sort of thing, you know? Not even, not even salt and pepper, just plain. They just served it up and said, there you go, yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah, you wouldn't get that in your, your, your average takeout. No, um, it's really unfortunate because we talked about the game beforehand and the importance for, for Bristol, considering, you know, the start of the year in terms where they had a really good, you know, result against Manchester United, not necessarily so against Chelsea. And you would have thought playing at home, they would have gone on and, and, and basically at least grabbed a point, but it, it just wasn't to be. Yeah, especially what happened... Um... 
first game of the year beating Manchester United. I mean that uh, that should have. I was hoping that was going to be a springboard for um for the for the rest of the season really. But yeah. of course, then we went to Chelsea, and um you know we you were there as well. You know what happened. Well, I mean that's always going to happen against Chelsea. So um yeah, I was hoping with the feel good atmosphere of these signings, I was really hoping that uh, we were going to do something on on Sunday. But like you say, um it just didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Didn't happen at all. And can I ask you, what was the, the, the actual numbers for the game? There was, I think there was a thousand, just a thousand and seven, I think, was the official attendance. That's very so good. There was, um, we, we had a pretty, um, as, as we do, we had a pretty good um, atmosphere going and singing singing all the songs for the girls. And we, we even had a couple of new songs um, for one of the new girls. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, uh, so I think, yeah, they, they all like that. So um, it was a good atmosphere. But um, it was just a bit flat on the pitch. Yeah, flat. Her, um, spice ratings uh, plain. No salt, no pepper, no lemon and herb. Unfortunate. Right. Okay. Um, so many big games. I, there is. We, I, we'll talk about the Manchester United game, which I didn't go to. So for those Manchester United fans out there waiting to jump on me, just be patient. You know, I'll see you soon. Um, I took myself uh, to uh, Arsenal Chelsea. You know, biggest game, I believed, in the, the Women's Super League weekend calendar. Uh, the ground was packed. I mean, I was there an hour before kickoff. I walked in. Um, pl- fans were already in their seats. There was an atmosphere in there. That, you know, really, really good atmosphere. Um, everyone was expecting to see, you know, these two superstar strikers, uh, Miedemeyer and Kerr, uh, get off uh, and, and see what they were going to do in terms of... Um, goals and team play um so yeah I kind of stood behind the south stand kind of absorbed what was happening and looked around development players were at the side the Arsenal development players because they were there because obviously watching their team the Chelsea players were out there you know doing their warm-up looking really focused um obviously I'm keeping a keen eye out on certain individual like Sam Kerr she was there and I thought right she's definitely starting um Erin Cuthbert you know, I like her. Really good player. See, when you, when you watch a player at live, you just think she's so, so, so good. Technically gifted. Balance can go either way with either foot. Really great. Um, but in terms of the game, once the game kicked off, I was really surprised at how dominant Chelsea were. You know, they were really dominant from the get-go. Not just about their style of play, but in terms of their passing was crisp. Um, they moved the ball with intensity. They knew what they were doing. And... I was not surprised that they scored the first goal. There was an, an initial, you know, attempt or a run at goal for Arsenal probably in the first 15 or so minutes with Miedemar and it kind of fizzled out. But in terms of the team build-up, um, in terms of their play, Chelsea were really good. Um, a player that you like, um, uh, Ji Soyoung, uh, was uh, controlling things in the midfield, it seemed, almost majestically, uh, moving the ball from side to side and finding passes to a forward players, Wrighton obviously there um, as well. But, you know, it, it seeing the, 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 the goals that went in, um, I thought Beth England's goal, I, I actually put it in a spice rating as jerk spice. It was hot. I thought, wow. And then you see the third goal and you just think, okay, you know, the spice level is now really intense because Chelsea seemed like they could score at will. Um, Arsenal did a, you know, kind of a, a, a mid-game huddle, which seemed odd because they were rocking. They were 
shaking. They were, as, as we would say, shook, uh, for a better word. Um, and I don't think they got to grips with, with Chelsea and their formation and their style of play in the first half. And the game for me, from, from an outsider as a neutral, that's when the game was, was lost and won by Arsenal and by Chelsea. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights or anything like that on the, on the FA player, but, but what did you think of, of the result that Chelsea kind of uh, distributed to those watching throughout the Women's Super League? Yeah, I saw the um, I saw I saw a couple of the goals. Um, I saw the Sophie Ingle goal. I mean, a, a yeah. lot of people were um, people were raving about it. Um, yeah. People that actually I I seen I see people on Twitter that aren't actually into women's football that much, and even they were raving about that Sophie Ingle goal. It was I mean, amazing. It was, um, it was a superb strike. I mean, but the whole um, I thought the result it puts a state it put a statement out, doesn't it? Didn't it yeah. really? Because um. I mean, Arsenal being the champions and, um, of course, I mean, Emma Hayes came out midweek saying that Arsenal were a, a one-player team with Miedemer. She was trying to sort of bit of smack talk before the game and her, um, and her team sort of backed her up, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, but, but they, they, do you know something? It's really strange. When we talked about the, the Women's Super League and the Arsenal game with Bristol, where, you know, Arsenal scored all those goals, and I was like, this cannot happen in terms of the Women's Super League. Surely there needs to be a kind of stick for opposition. And then Chelsea go to the, the, the London rivals' home and actually put on a display that you would have actually thought that Meadow Park was their home ground. It was so convincing. Arsenal didn't have a clue. Now, I know the manager has taken the responsibility in terms of formation. I'll be honest with you, they could have had a totally different formation with the players that were actually on the bench. The result would have been the same. Chelsea just had that about them. And the arrival of a, of a, of a world-class player definitely increases the players that are already in the team, their, their kind of intensity, their focus, by an extra 10%, maybe 15 or 20%. Usually you say when a player joins, everyone's kind of happy. And they think we've got new players. But when you have someone like Sam Kerr arrive, you then look around and think we can do something. And I, I generally believe that this Chelsea team will look at whoever's in front of them in the league and think we can beat them. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they are, I mean, it has, it has given them, uh, it has given them an extra lift. I mean, they, they were, um, I think they had a point to prove, really, because they were at, at times last year. They were last season. They were ordinary. Mm. I mean, Kirby. Um, hope it'd be nice to see Kirby again, but she she sort of wasn't the player she was in previous seasons. But I think this season they are a completely different animal. Yeah. To, to, I mean, to me, to, in terms of the, the 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 players that stood out for Arsenal, and this is not to say that Arsenal kind of you know laid down in front of Chelsea and said, we will not compete. They did try and compete, but Chelsea were just quicker to the ball. They were stronger in the tackle. They were moving the ball with more intensity. And, you know, I'm, I was trying to look at any little angle to see, well, what was the problem for Arsenal? What was going against them? And there, there was even a moment where I looked at the grass and thought it was too long. I actually felt, you know, you can look at the grass and think the ball's not running smoothly. It's holding up. And I was thinking, surely this could be not, these are the little things, the, the little intrinsic things that you look at and think, how is that impacting on the home team's performance? And I was trying to see why they weren't playing the slick football that we'd seen so frequently this season. And I just had to kind of put it down to that Chelsea were just that much 
better than them on the day. That's what it was. They were strong, like 110% from every single player on the pitch. And Arsenal didn't have that in certain players. And you could see they were upset and you could see that they were rattled. And uh, despite the the solitary goal in the, the latter part of the second half, which kind of almost like, uh, you know, the goalkeeper was generous. She kind of let that fumble in. I looked at you when you watch, when you watch the goal go in and then you, for me, anyone who was at the game watching the warm up and seeing how vigorous the Chelsea backroom staff put that goalkeeper through her paces, you think, how the hell did you let that in? Because she was pulling off great saves just, in the warm-up, so you then see a you you then see a goalkeeper in the tent where it fumbles and she drops it, and you just think that that should never have happened. You weren't doing that fifty minutes before kickoff, so I don't know what happened during the game. Yeah, it's difficult to explain, really, isn't it? But um, I mean, I said I haven't seen Chelsea. Um, I haven't seen Chelsea the previous week. I mean, they are mesmerising to watch. I mean, even being on the end of a six-one loss. I mean, watching. It's just, it's a joy to watch, to be fair. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've watched them a couple of times now and people already know I am a Manchester United fan. I do follow the women's team. And, you know, I can see quite clearly now the importance of having top-class strikers and top-class players in your team and what you want to do in terms of this league. And there are, there are levels, for a better word, in terms of the, the, the teams and the, and the personnel that each club has and it is uh, it kind of stands out and, and for me it's been quite enlightening to go and watch these teams play without the kind of baggage of saying oh I'm a Man United fan and I need to kind of be biased I'm just going as a neutral and I can cherry pick in terms of what I'm looking at and think right these players stand out for, for me for these reasons and uh, Chelsea have a really really strong outfit and um, I, I, I don't doubt for a minute they're going to push all the way uh, to to the end for the for the for the title this season, despite how the league is sitting right now, with Manchester City sitting on top, Arsenal dropping down to to second place, and and Chelsea just behind them. The points are now um, much more closer, concertated in a way. And any one of those teams that has a slip, uh, Chelsea will look at it and think, right, we're going to move forward. So, yeah, very, very interesting indeed. Uh, um, if you could take one player from that Chelsea team, who would it be? For Bristol City, I think yeah. it would probably have to be... Uh, it have to be G. Yeah. I'm a huge... I'm a massive fan of hers. Um, yeah, whenever, whenever I see her play, she's always, you know, she's always 110%. And, yeah, she was she was superb last week. She was brilliant. I saw both games last season, and she, I mean, it's just her ability to to pick a pass, and she knows her positioning mm. is is superb. I mean, a real real inspiration, really. Yeah, I think she's their top. I think if I'm rightly say she's their top. She's their top goal scorer now as well. Yeah, she's up in. I mean, Chelsea have a, um, a quite a rich vein of players in their midfield that have scored goals. You know, um, Wrighton, who was a goal scorer and provider. Um, her cross for, for, for Sam Kerr's goal really demonstrated to me the, the, the necess how important it is to have someone on, on the left who can cross with their left foot. But she didn't even wait to get to the byline to put the ball in. You know, she was literally halfway into 
the opponent's half before she whipped it in and she knew exactly where Sam Kerr would be and the header was fantastic because it went back across the goalkeeper and she had no chance. So, you know, it, it, to cherry pick one player, I was very, you know, very strict with you there saying one player. Um, G would be great in any team, um, but I, I do like Erin. I do like Erin Cuthbert. I think she's just a very special player. But then obviously the the, the likes of Sam Kerr, people will look at why we say Sam Kerr. She hasn't scored enough goals yet. She's just arrived. So there is that. Um, a lot of people at the game that I spoke to, and I spoke to about four or five people, they were a little bit upset that there wasn't enough of the the strikers. That they, they they felt they wanted a bit a bit more from Sam Kerr. They probably wanted to see more goals. And Midamaya looked very very well ineffective. She looked isolated at times. And yeah, I just don't know. But the the reason the ground was packed was because of those two players. There is no. No other issue in terms of the, the the women's game. It wasn't necessarily the Emirates. Everyone turned up to see those two players, and that for me says a lot. It kind of it's a signal for the the women's Super League in terms of when you have star players, people will go to the grounds wherever the grounds are. You don't necessarily need to have the games in the the main men's stadium just to kind of say this is a bumper crowd. It was it was sold out, and I was very very fortunate to get a a ticket. And lucky, so there. Yeah, I think yeah, you were very lucky because it was sold out. But I mean, going back on the Miedemer against um, Sam Kerr, um, um, there was so much pressure on them. There was so much pressure on them before the game. It's Kerr against Miedemer, and uh, I mean they were building it up so much. I mean, don't you think maybe probably it, it put too much pressure on those two players? Yeah, perhaps. Well, the, the, uh, to, to be honest, I, I, be I believe it probably did. But, you know, both of these two players have, have, have performed in the World Cup in front of huge crowds. In he I mean, like really huge crowds. And um, maybe the expectation within the Women's Super League might have been a new thing in terms of everyone has turned up to see what we're going to do on the day between myself and this other player. And, you know, the pressure in itself is a, is a good and bad thing. I hope it doesn't have a long-term impact on Miedemeyer's performance for Arsenal throughout the rest of the season because they needed to perform. But in terms of the, the fan engagement, in terms of crowds going to the games, they will want to see the best players. They saw them at the World Cup and the likes of, having, uh, of Sam Kerr and Miedemeyer in the Women's Super League, Arsenal and Chelsea, you know, that, that it kind of ensures that when Arsenal play next time, they will have a bumper crowd. When Chelsea play next time, they will have a bumper crowd because they're expecting to see something great. And obviously that will then kind of have a knock-on effect with those travelling fans that say, right, we're going to go and follow the club wherever they play and give the team the support that they need. So, you know, it's it's kind of a win-win. In terms of the, the pressure for, for Miedema, I hope it doesn't have a negative effect on her for a, a, a lengthy period. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It, it would have been probably too much pressure for her on the day. But, you know, a win's a win. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, it was a, a win's was a win. A very, yeah, it was a very good performance. And it, like, said, like, like I said earlier, it, um, it puts a statement out, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. And I, I would say that in terms of a, a team performance, that is a, a jerk spice rating because you go to your um, London rivals and as they say, you put the smack down. First, first half is you say, this is what we're about. 
and that's it. And, uh, you know, the, the Arsenal team were shaken. Uh, they were out in the second half before Chelsea. You could see that they were determined to, to kind of change things. And it was pretty much more of what happened in the first half, but just without as many goals, you know. So good stuff. Good stuff. Um, obviously, I wasn't in Manchester. I, I have to mention the, the Manchester United game against Spurs. Watching it as I did on the FA player, I couldn't believe how foggy it was up there. It was, you know, it was so difficult to watch. Great result for Manchester United women, you know, in terms of keeping pace with the top three. But in terms of the lighting, I almost wanted to donate a candle or a torch just for <laughs> it was so you know you know I would if anyone yeah. actually watched the game you would not put it past the goalkeeper of the Spurs team to say I couldn't see the ball it was so poor to see on on the player and and that's not blaming those you know kind of giving us the the insight in terms of the game but it just you know the the weather wasn't great but great but great result yeah very good result yeah 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 um Let's talk about the BBC and the FA Cup and the She Believes Cup. You've got something to say about that and the news that's come out uh, this week. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a great move um, having because as you know before um, the BBC showed um, well for years and years it was just the final and of course the last couple of years I believe it's been the semi final and they've, they've showed they've showed the semi final and the final. Yeah, and uh, from and they've just announced they're going to show basically from what we are we're round four, aren't we? Round so, um, four. Yeah, so they're going to show a game around yeah. up to the court up to the quarterfinals, and then as as they are show the semi-finals and the final. So I yeah. think that's a great move. Um, it's a brilliant competition with a great history, and uh, probably second, probably the second most um, second best top competition in the country after the WSL so see I mean I would have I, I would have liked to have seen it um, happen a bit before yeah but um yeah I think it's a great move that people can can watch this and then of course they'll hopefully go to us we'll get more people going to the uh, FA Cup games as well well the, the, you know I had planned you know I was on the verge of clicking the train ticket until I, I noticed Twitter and the announcement from the BBC saying it will be shown on the BBC. And I thought, well, that's going to save me a few pennies and traveling, <laughs> traveling up to Manchester. And, you you know, I've seen how you're trying to plan uh, to, to, to watch your team in Manchester. And the, 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 the long term planning is required in terms of train and, and, and hotel, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I, I, I agree with you. Great that it's on the BBC, would have hoped to have seen it before. It kind of lends a little bit in terms of the, the view that I have about the Conti Cup um, that's not been available to watch, um, whether it's on the FA Player, uh, on, on YouTube even, um, something that I've kind of pressed home about. And I, you know, if you want to, let's just for a better word, grow the women's game, support their game, support the fans who are trying to, to watch the game so that they can talk about it and increase the kind of the chatter, social media chatter. There needs to be platforms where we can see it. So for the, for the FA Cup to be on the BBC, absolutely fantastic. I just hope and wish that there are 
when we look at all of the other competitions that the, the women play, whether it's the Women's Super League or the championship that they're involved in, that there is some way that they can actually get these games to the fans. If the fans cannot get to the games, then they need to be able to say, you know, we're showing this game, we're streaming this game on the BBC iPlayer, um, click the red button, watch it here. You know, and or, you know, as well as the FA player. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Happy that it's on the BBC, and uh, but I could I'm a little bit of a moan. I just want a bit more, you know, in terms of coverage. Yeah, no, I totally agree about the Continental Cup. I mean, there's um, I mean, there was a thing on Twitter today about um, the fact that there's the crowds have been low and um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I suppose, yeah, if you had it on TV, more people would, it would, more people would be exposed to it. Yeah. And then more people would um, perhaps sort of say, oh, yeah, that, that, that was a good game. Let's go and, um, uh, let's go, let's go and watch another game in a, let's actually go to the stadium or the ground and go and watch a game in this tournament. And that, yeah. that would, in itself, it's sort of, it's, it's a role and effect that, and that, that in, except, that in itself would, um, would make the, would make the competition more popular, I think. Yeah, it, it would. And, you know, again, the, the fixture is midweek, right, for the, for the semi-finals. So there's no, there is no chance that I or I'm going to go up there with, you know, possible work the next day to try and watch a game that kicks off at 7.30 and get back home at some crazy time, you know. So um, there is, I did see a question put out there on social media about would those fixtures be better suited to be played on uh, the weekend or Saturday or a Sunday, well, not necessarily Sunday, but a Saturday where fans could get to the games. But, you know, there is the, the whole thing about clashing with the men's games and how those fixtures kind of, uh, kind of make it difficult for families uh, who want to support both the men and the women to attend both games when they're on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, yeah. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, you know something? Um, as part of the the, the 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 women's Super League takeout, I think we've run the we've run the time. We've run the time. Um, is there anything you want to add before we uh, um, dash off and and finish our deliveries? I'd just like to say, wish wishing um, Frank Kitch was it Frank Kitchen all the best for uh, the Liverpool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Liverpool goalkeeper that got. Uh, yeah. They got injured in the in the warm up on uh, on Sunday. That was a bad. Um, that was a shame. That was. I mean, just shows what can happen in the in warm ups, doesn't it? it? It does indeed. And what I would say is, I do hope that there are um, the players involved in women's football. Um, considering there is things about pay, let's hope that they are insured as well, and they're getting insurance. They're covered by them either themselves privately or the club. Right, OK, I'm going to say thanks to Richard for joining me today on the first Women's Super League takeout. Let's hustle. We've got a lot of hungry people out here. Sorry, I think my doorbell went. If you have any questions for the next Rich and Rod's WSL takeout, send them to at Rodney Cyrus on Twitter and we'll have them read out on the next show. <laughs>